You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. And spring practice is underway, and in to share what he saw last week in the first week of spring practice, the Swamp 24-7's Thomas Goldcamp. And if you want the most in-depth spring preview coverage and updates, you have got to head over to Swamp 24-7, where Thomas and the rest of the staff are getting it done. Thomas, thanks for joining Gators Breakdown. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Always great to be on. Uh, before we get started, guys, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes, as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. Also, catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. I mean, using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So, Thomas, I probably should have hit on this a bit more in preview in the spring. Uh, but, you know, going from year one to year two, uh, you're pretty substantial jump in just expectations and, and how smooth the operation can be. Uh, in year one, everyone's trying to figure everything out. You know, players are learning the playbook, uh, getting used to new coaches. Everything's so new. Coaches trying to figure out what players do well while installing, uh, you know, some schemes and, and playbooks. So you're learning just who their players are and what they can do. Uh, there's not a lot of time to work on the finer details in, in, in spring practice, you know, the first spring. So now that you may you know, get to see them working on in year two, so player and coaches know what it takes. They know the expectations of each other, and, and players have an understanding of scheme and playbook now. And it can either go deeper into the playbook or, or continue to do the things they already do so well and just kind of build off of that. So, Thomas, besides – the newcomer early enrollees this spring is already so much different and it's being shown uh there's more attention to detail practice is now more of a, a more of a smooth operation allowing for more growth this spring yeah there's no doubt about it i think you know last year when florida's coaches first took over um you know it was it was what you would expect there was a lot of uh stopping practice you know after a certain drill making sure that guys are running it the way that they want to uh and you really haven't seen any of that this spring i mean this is a team that kind of knows the ropes now. And I think you, you kind of hinted at it right now. You've got veterans that are kind of walking the younger guys through it. Um, so you almost have coaches on the field now. Um, and it's been pretty noticeable to me. I, I pointed out uh, in one of our practice reviews, um, something really, really simple and, and probably stupid even. Um, but Greg Knox, you know, when they were doing their running back drills, they have a, a drill where they go through some cuts and then they duck under a gate, you know, to, to simulate kind of getting good leverage. And, uh, you know, last spring it was it was funny because you would you could hear him across the practice field. Uh, players would ding the top of their helmet on the you know on the gate, and he would just go off. And I was standing next to that drill the other day, and I didn't hear a single ding from a helmet. You know, he was much more uh, you know quiet and just kind of coaching guys up. And I think that's what you want to see. You want to see that development where players are understanding how the coaches want it done, and, and they're they're going out and they're doing it. 
And uh, of course, leading into spring practice, Mullen made some headlines when, you know, in response to a question about the quarterback position being wrapped up, that basically was pointing out that uh, there is competition at every position, including quarterback. But, you know, since practice has started, uh, Felipe Franks looks to be continuing an upward trend coming off of last season. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think he's looked really good. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've only, you know, seen three practices so far, but, uh, he just uh, there's a whole vibe around the around the program that he's the guy, um, and it's very evident when you walk out there that you know he's the number one guy. Everybody respects that. Um, everybody's there for that, and I think you can kind of see it in his play. He just he's more confident out there, um, and, and I think it's it's spread really to a lot of the guys. The receivers have been super sharp from what we've seen this spring, and I think a lot of that is um, just understanding that they know that they have a guy that they've worked with before. They know what to expect. You know he's worked with them throughout the off season. Um, and it really it makes a world of difference. I mean, the offense, you usually expect them to be uh, a little bit behind the defense. But for the most part, um, without a live pass rush so far, they've, they've, they've had their way with the secondary and, and really have looked crisp in the passing game, mostly because Franks is, I just think, a better quarterback right now. Yeah, Thomas, you bring up a good point. I probably should have did it before we started here, but yeah, it's just been a lot of pajama practice so far, <laughs> except for the uh, eleven on uh, or full pad practice we got uh, over the weekend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not much going on in much of physicality. But uh, we'll get some more of that uh, in, in the coming weeks, and, and of course, starting this week. Uh, also, looks like Emory Jones uh, pretty uh, solidified as the as the backup now, and, and I don't know if. But I think most people kind of assume that, of course, you know, battling Kyle Trask for that number two spot with Trask having uh, last year as well in, in the system. But it kind of seems like Emory Jones are just kind of biding the time until, you know, Felipe Franks after this season. And you could kind of you can kind of tell Emory, Emory's the guy behind Franks right now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think, you know, that's been one of the things that stood out to me the most this spring is just how comfortable he looks. Um, because, you know, we were sitting here last year and um, you know, people hate to hear that, you know, that guy's not ready, but he was not ready at all last year. He didn't look very good. Um, you know, it was a case where I, I didn't even necessarily think that, uh, based on what we had seen that he might ever be the guy and he looks totally different now. I mean, the job Dan Mullen and the staff have done developing him is really, really impressive because he looks like a completely different player. All right, Thomas. And now I'm not sure how clear the pecking order is right now behind LaMichael P. Ryan, but I want to go to a, a player that, you know, has some injury problems in the last couple of years, but Malik Davis, uh, he doesn't seem to be missing a, a step early on. No, he really, uh, that was another thing that jumped out right away. Uh, you know, when we're watching these guys, Marco Wilson and Malik Davis coming off season ending injuries. Davis looks great. Um, he's not wearing any, uh, any protective kind of boot or neoprene, you know, ankle wrap that we can see um, on the, on the broken foot. He looks, he looks really good. He looks sharp. Um, he's, you know, as far as I can tell, he's full contact. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what he does once they get into the scrimmage and have a little bit more, uh, you know, physical practice. But uh, he looks he looks great so far. Thomas, would you say uh, just kind of, a, uh, you know, guessing right here as the season goes on, you know, as last season went on, you saw the kind of three, you know, three headed workhorse with, with Scarlett Piran. Uh, you saw Davis already on the season uh, and also Pierce. But it looks to be Piran, Davis, Pierce. Now, do you see maybe it kind of maybe playing out? coming up in, in the 2019 season, the way it did as the season goes on, they maybe kind of concentrate on just two guys or, or with P Ryan Davis and Pierce and the experience, all three of those guys now, now bring back these kind of maybe seeing a, a three way, uh, a, you know, three headed monster all the way through the season. Yeah. I think all three of those guys are going to get a lot of run. I think it'll be more LaMichael P Ryan and then the other two, as opposed to last year, you look at the carries were split. I think uh, there was only like three carries difference between Scarlett and P Ryan. I think you'll see LaMichael Pirine really be more the bell cow back, so to speak, 
Um, but I think you're going to see Pierce and uh, Davis really kind of split reps behind him pretty evenly. All right, Thomas, the, the entire wide receiver core returns. <laughs> and so the, <laughs> what, what do you see as the focus of that group right now is in the early parts of spring practice? You know, they, they know the offense. They've had a year in the offense. Everybody comes back. Uh, you don't have, you're not really having to work. You know, Jacob Copeland will get some more playing time, of course, and they'll try and fit him into the rotation. But uh, what, what seems to be the focus of that group early on? Well, I think, you know, when you've got that many guys returning, um, it's really a competition. You know, Dan Mullen talks about wanting to have competition at every spot. They have it at receiver. I mean, there there are guys that are not going to get as many snaps as they want next year just because they have so many guys in that room that are talented. Um, you know, I think Trayvon Grimes really took steps at the end of last season. You're seeing him kind of make a jump um, in the spring and continue that. Van Jefferson's obviously a very talented player. I, I think for that group, what you really want to see is you want to see those explosive guys you know, like Tyree Cleveland and Kadarius Tony have more of an impact overall because Florida's offense is as efficient as it was last year. They didn't really connect on a ton of explosive plays. And some of that was Felipe Franks, you know, first year in a new system. Um, but a lot of it was the fact that you couldn't, the coaches didn't really feel like they could leave Kadarius Tony in there as an every snap kind of player. You know, they never really quite knew what they were getting out of him. Um, Tyree Cleveland, for whatever reason, it just didn't quite click for him last year. The numbers were down a good bit. I think for Florida, if you're, if you're, you know, the coaching staff looking at it this spring, those are the two guys you really hone in on and, and try to get them to develop a little bit more because you know what you're getting out of Swain. You know what you're getting out of Hammond. Uh, to this point, you, you know, you have a pretty good feel for Jefferson and Grimes. If you can get those other two going, then you have the chance to really, really open some things up on offense. And Thomas, just as it seemed, uh, he was getting inserted into the offense more early on in spring practice. It seems Lucas Kroll tied in, uh, seemed to be out for a little bit with a shoulder injury after impressing those first couple of practices. Uh, this group has a lot of change going on. Yeah, there's no doubt. Tight end is, is one of those spots like offensive line where, you know, you lose a lot of veteran guys. And uh, I think Florida definitely has the talent there. Um, but how, how it's going to mesh is going to be interesting because they basically have two tight end reads so to speak um you know they have the more traditional you know what people think of tight end the inline blocker but dan mullen loves to have a second guy that they can play as a flex um you know a guy that can line up as an inline guy but more more typically is going to be in the slot um as a receiver kind of trying to pull a linebacker into coverage that's a that's that's the guy i think uh, kyle pitts um i think he fits that role really really well and could really be a weapon um but kamori gambles had a good spring so far and you know like you said kroll was Crow was looking pretty impressive in those first two practices uh, before he came down with that injury. And as I mentioned earlier, it's you know hard to gauge the offensive line early on since most of the practice has been without pads. But there seems to be you know five six guys leading the way, and and maybe you know a lot to figure out for depth behind those those you know starting five or six. Yeah, there's no doubt, and we kind of expected that going into spring. You know, we said that there were six, maybe seven guys if Noah Banks was healthy. Um, that you would basically say where the guy's competing for the five starting roles. And then after that, that's where you really, really are going to need some development because, you know, you've got true freshmen basically behind that. Um, I, I think the starters, again, they're not in pads yet, really, so it's hard to say. Um, the starters have, have done probably a little bit better than I expected uh, in that starting five group. The, the backups look like you would expect. I mean, that, that's a true freshman unit going against seasoned veterans on the pass rush. And, uh, you know, suffice it to say, there is a lot of work that needs to be done still. Thomas, would you, if you had to kind of, I guess, you know, maybe break the offensive line up a little bit, are they better mm -hmm. inside than they are outside at the tackle spots? Um, I think they have the potential to be. Um, you know, the, the the interior has struggled a little bit with the pass rush. Um, you know, that's pretty typical. You know, those guys are 
used to be in you know the road graders in high school in the run game and uh, you know so I, I think that they've got to get better there um the tackles i actually think the tackles have done okay the guy that's kind of impressed me for not standing out in a bad way is john delance um you know the, the transfer from texas he's done a really nice job on the right side so far you know stone Forsyth still gets beat a little bit here and there but he's been fairly consistent um i, I don't know that there's a strength of the unit so to speak right now you know is the interior stronger? I'm not sure. I think they have the potential to be. Um, but right now, it's, I mean, it's a very green unit, you know, very much. Yeah. Thomas Goldcamp from Swamp 24 7 joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Let's move to the defense where the, the Gators are replacing a lot of production off last year's team. Uh, what does it look like early on in replacing Polite, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and, and Vashawn Joseph? Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of talent. You know, Jonathan Greenard's a guy that, uh, you know, people have asked for the comparison. How does he stack up to Ja'Kai Polite? Um, he's not he's not the athlete, I think, that Polite was on tape. But the thing that stands out to me about him is he's very fluid. Um, he just kind of always sneaks around the ball, which is really what you want out of that edge defender. Um, a guy that can kind of feel where the protection is and slip past it. Um, he had a really nice pick in zone coverage on Felipe Franks the other day. Um, and so I think he's, he's clearly the starter at that position. Um, and then I think there's, you know, there's probably four other guys that are basically all repping as the number two behind him. Um, from the younger David Reese to, uh, Mahmoud Diabate, uh, to Antonius Clayton is also in that mix. Um, Andrew Chatfield. So they got, there's a lot of options there. I think that's going to be one of those positions, you know, particularly looking for Polite's replacement, where it's going to take some games and then just kind of whoever's the hot hand, so to speak, um, that's going to be the guy that fills in behind Greener and kind of get that one-two punch. Thomas, is there any early indication of, of Dean filling in that nickel spot, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson leaving it open? I, and I don't have much doubt that he can stick with receivers and, and stay with receivers, but is there any inclination he could be the, the playmaker type? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I've been as high on him from day one as probably anybody. Um, I you know, Chauncey was so good last year. I think, uh, you know, because of the way his sophomore season went, people maybe didn't expect as much out of him as he produced. I mean, he was really, really good last year. Um, and so there's obviously some concern, you know, that you have drop off there. But I think the the nickel position probably suits trading skill set a little bit better. You know, we saw him, you know, especially in the bowl game. I remember getting picked on a little bit in coverage down the field. Uh, you don't have to do that quite as much when you're at nickel. And then the other thing is, He's a really good blitzer. Um, he's very physical and kind of has that knack. And that's where we've really seen him show up. And I think that's something that he can kind of fill in, you know, where Gardner left, Gardner Johnson left off. Um, he, he's really impressive to me so far. Another player that's been kind of impressive, it, it seems. And if you're out there at practice, you can definitely see it in the speed of Amari Bernie at linebacker. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he's a guy that could play safety. He could play uh, – shoot, he could probably play corner. I mean, he. I really <laughs> think he has some of the I'm – not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Uh, he has some of the best recovery speed on the team, um, you know, right up there with C.J. Henderson. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when the pads come on for him um, because, you know, we were watching some of the the blocking drills, um, circle of life type stuff that they did to start Wednesday's practice. And he, um, I don't want to say he struggled, but, it, you know, he looked more like a defensive back than a linebacker. Um, and so that that's the area that you're going to have to watch with him once they start to get physical. Um, but but he's really, really impressive getting to the flats in coverage. Um, he can run sideline, sideline with the best of them. So if they can get him to the point where physically, you know, he can hold up against some of these big, you know, the, the bigger bruising backs in the SEC, uh, Florida's got a chance to be really, really special there. 
Thomas, when we're at the uh, open practices coming up Saturday, two players I'll really be keyed on uh, and looking at. Uh, it will be, you know, just because of more physicality coming up in these practices, Elijah Conliffe and, and TJ Slayton. We saw good things this time a year ago. We were talking about these two, but I really, you know, I really think they can be the key guys in this defensive line if they're going to take off and take that next step. Yeah, I mean, I having said that, you know, I, I agree um, because I think Florida needs the depth at defensive tackle. Um, but Adam Schuler has been really, really good. I mean, he's been such a pleasant surprise since he transferred to Florida. And Kyrie Campbell's having a pretty good spring, too. Um, the, the one thing I, I'll say, and I said it before spring, is I, I think you need to be a little bit careful. Um, you know, we were very high on Slayton and Conliffe, as were Florida's coaches last year, two games in, and they were replaced in the starting lineup, and you didn't hear from them for a mm-hmm. while. Um, so spring especially, especially, you know, when you've got four starters being replaced on the offensive line, it's really hard to get a gauge on those guys. And so, yeah, even even though they'll be in pads Saturday, um, you know, you hope that they look really good because they yeah. should. They should against an offensive line that's, you know, really, really kind of getting its feet wet uh, for the first time. But, um, you know, you, I don't know how much you take away from that coming out of the spring necessarily. Yeah. Um, those are guys that are going to have to show it on the field. But there's no doubt. Like you said, I mean, Florida needs those guys. Those are two of the, you know, kind of the star guys that they recruited a couple classes ago. And it's uh, it's their junior year. It's time for them to start showing up. Now, speaking of guys that uh, would be, you know, we didn't get to see a whole lot of last year, and you know, we kind of expect to hear their name more this year, especially in spring. Uh, looks like Malik Langham uh, is another player that might be sliding in that inside on defensive line. Yeah, no doubt. He's uh, he's kind of played both three tech and nose from what I've seen. Um, he he's really really big. Um, I was talking to Nick Delasori, one of the the other Florida beat writers, about it, and. Uh, he, he doesn't really stick out upper body wise. Um, his arms aren't, you know, necessarily the biggest, but he just has tree trunks for legs. And so he's a guy that, you know, as he gets comfortable, he's going to have the the ability to really stand in there and, and kind of hold against the run. And I think be a big difference maker. Um, but he's, he's very raw right now. Um, you know, there's a reason that Andrew Chatfield got in games late last year and Langham really didn't, um, you know, he, he's got a ways to go still, uh, but definitely, definitely a guy that I think you look, you know, if not this year, then, the next year for sure is a guy that'll be a big contributor. All right, yeah, six four two eighty six. We'll see how uh, how much more we see him uh, there inside. So of course, uh, be we can't we can't go out saying we see Marco Wilson on the field you know, looking healthy, going through drills. But right now, right now, you know, no contact protocol. Uh, but it's true freshman Chris Steele in there getting the reps with the ones on defense from the very first practice. You know, it's still lining up opposite C.J. Henderson uh, as a number two cornerback. And, you know, Mullen even said, you know, I, I don't temper the expectations. There's a couple corners out. He's got his opportunity. Uh, it's uh, He's learning out there, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. He, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say he's had a rough go of it, but, I mean, look, you're, you're going against Van Jefferson, a guy that's, you know, a fifth-year senior. The guy's been around the block. He's been around really good receivers. Um, you know, you're going against Trayvon Grimes, who physically is a, a matchup nightmare for any cornerback. Um, yeah, he's getting beat. Um, but you know what? He's been in really good position throughout. Uh, he just hasn't quite flipped that switch where he's uh, he's turned really good positioning into, you know, pass breakups and interceptions. Um, but that's going to come. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the spring for him and really for Florida is, you know, you get thrown into that fire right away. Guess what? You get a lot better a lot quicker. And you saw it last year with Trey Dean already. He looks like, you know, one of the team's best players on defense. Well, he, you know, he had some rough patches last year. And that's that's a little bit what Chris Steele's going through right now. But I, I think it's definitely going to pay dividends. And look, Florida's Florida's getting back to the point where that secondary is a legit three deep with guys that, you know, maybe could start anywhere in the SEC. 
And uh, lastly here, is there any clarity on the safety position so far? We know it's early, but uh, any chance we see a player? Uh, I know I, I know you've been high on uh, John Huggins. I know corner, safety, uh, any chance he gets uh, a crack there at safety? I don't think so. I think Florida's got enough other bodies. I think the, the coaching staff really likes uh, Juwan Taylor. and um, I, I know fans maybe aren't quite as high on him. I thought he played really well towards the end of last season. And he's, he's really picked up there, and he's one of the leaders back there. So I think that he's definitely going to be one of your guys. Um, you know, everybody would love to see Brad Stewart take mm-hmm. the next step. Um, for whatever reason, um, you know, Donovan Steiner has been repping ahead of him. And I think it, it, it has to do with something off the field because, you know, um, Brad Stewart's a guy that physically and, and from an instinct standpoint is, is off the charts. I mean, he's really good, and we've, we've seen it. You know, they look back at that LSU game, obviously, made, made some game-changing plays. Um, but whatever it is, whether it's meetings or, you know, that kind of thing, just, you know, being a little bit more attentive to what the coaches are saying. Um, he's a guy that I think you need to take the next step. Uh, Sean Davis hadn't practiced in the first three practices, but once he's back, he's another guy that has a lot of athletic ability. Um, but I think Florida will be fine there. They've got a lot of experience. Uh, you just hope that, you know, a guy like Stewart can step up and so that you have a, you know, kind of that ball hawking playmaker back there that Florida fans are used to. All right, Thomas Goldcamp of Swamp 24-7 joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Thomas, I know spring practice uh, in full swing now, but what you guys got coming up on the site? Oh, we got plenty. I mean, you know, obviously Florida's going to have a couple other practices that are open to the media, and, you know, obviously we'll be out there and providing plenty of live updates as well as, you know, after the fact, practice notes, VIP type stuff. Um, So, you know, I'm always on the board. You know it. I'm here to answer any questions anybody may have. So definitely encourage you guys to check us out at 24-7 Sports and, uh, Dave, obviously, you know, it's always great talking with you. So anytime you want to have me on, I'm happy to join. All right, Thomas, thanks so much. Absolutely. I uh, hope to uh, see you on there Saturday at the at the open practice. We'll get to mingle with some fans and uh, get to see one more, uh, I guess, probably maybe one of the last open practices before the spring game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the plan. So give me a shot once you're out there. All right, Tom, see you, man. All right, have a good one. All right, Thomas Goldcamp from Swamp 24-7 joining us here. On Gators breakdown. So, kind of before we uh, wrap before we wrap up right here, a couple of quick updates here. Of course, Dan Mullen will be here in Jacksonville this Wednesday. Uh, so, if you're in the Jacksonville area, of course, this Wednesday, check it out, 5 p.m. for the Gator Club of Jacksonville Gator Gathering. It's at the Lexington Lexington Hotel and Conference Center. So, if you're in the Jacksonville area and can make it, I'd like to see you there. Uh, you can, if you see me, stop by, say hello. Uh, we'll talk for a little while. We'll talk Gators, of course. Uh, and whatever else uh, comes up there. So I uh, always uh, enjoy seeing the listeners out there. So, you know, tickets are still available for that event uh, for uh, $10. I think you could, there are walk-ups available now. So uh, if you want to get there, I imagine you have to get there pretty close to five o'clock uh, to, to walk in, but the $10 is a donation uh, to the scholarship fund there. So that's, uh, of course, people will be taking, uh, you know, advantage of uh, maybe getting a scholarship out of the, the money that you donate for the, uh, Jacksonville Gator Gathering with Dan Mullen uh, this Wednesday. So, uh, sure, check it out. Let's fill that place uh, and show the support uh, for Dan Mullen. And also, it's been mentioned, of course, the open practice this Saturday. It starts at 9.45 a.m. in Gainesville, if you missed that. So, it'll be early morning if you're driving from out of town uh, there. So, uh, it is open to the fans, of course. And I hope to see many of you out there that I won't get to see in Jacksonville uh, Wednesday. Uh, you know, out there, we'll go see uh, maybe – See you at 9.45 early Saturday morning as uh, this will be one of the last chances we get to see the team uh, before the spring game. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we'll be 
it'd be kind of capping off the second week of practice. So, so this team will be in a bit of a groove and a lot of the young guys will, will start to feel comfortable. So it should be a fun time seeing the team come together uh, in front of the fans once again. And I really want to see uh, things I kind of be looking for, um, you know, Kind of the command, uh, Thomas kind of spoke to it, but, you know, the command Felipe Franks continues to show and, and just how far along uh, this offensive line is coming along. And it'd be interesting to see how much has changed from from week one to week two, from all the things we've just kind of heard from Thomas's practice reports and, uh, you know, this how much change we see uh, in week two. You know, some of the things that we just discussed could look a lot different come Saturday. Now, uh, I think it'd be, it will be real key to make sure, you know, we won't be too critical uh, from what's shown uh, at a practice in April. Uh, but, you know, there'll be some good there. There'll be some bad. And it's just one day. Uh, but, you know, we'll definitely uh, be sharing the thoughts next week on the show and and, and from what I see uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, it should be a lot of whole uh, – they, they kind of set that up with the fans being out there. They'll set up some fun things uh, as well. So you'll see some you'll see some fun, some, you know, I'm sure some deep passes uh, from Frank set to the – or any of the quarterbacks to the receivers there and you're trying to put on a show for the fans uh, as well. But yeah, you know, I don't know how much we can really take away from the offensive line versus the defensive line. And, but I think it's a lot key on who's playing where, who, who lines up with the ones who lines up with the twos. Uh, maybe, as I said, cause you'll be kind of, kind of at the halfway point of spring. So I think the players or the coaches now kind of have a belief or have a feel for what these players uh, will start to, are starting to do uh, in spring and kind of, you know, get ready for the spring game uh, and the like there. Uh, so I think we'll kind of see some inclination of maybe where some guys are lining up and, you know, kind of see uh, where it goes from there and see how much change from week one to week two. Uh, and just kind of overall what we see for this couple of hours on, on Saturday. Now, I want to give a special shout out to uh, Gators Breakdown Facebook followers. Uh, haven't done really, have, haven't done that in a long time uh, in the groups out there on on Facebook, and there's just a few of them here: Gator Talk, Gator Action, Gator Chomping, Gators Group for the love of the Gators, Florida Mafia. Uh, if I left anyone out, I apologize. But you know, but thanks for listening and and the interaction from all of you, and glad to be uh, a part of those uh, Gators communities out there uh, on Facebook. I'm, I live mostly on Twitter uh, with all the Gator Talk and stuff, but. Uh, of course, got the Facebook page as well, and a lot of followers, and share them, uh, share the podcast out there too. So I know a lot of listeners on on, on those Gator groups out there. So thanks so much uh, for for the follows and listens there. And uh, hey, look, coming up soon in the next few episodes, I would say uh, next probably three, four episodes uh, for, from here. Gators breakdown will be somewhere around a million listens. So uh, I'm sure kind of do some kind of celebration uh, for that coming up. So a million total listens since the launch of Gators breakdown and a big accomplishment. And I can't do it without you guys uh, and all the, everything that you bring to the table and and listening to Gators breakdown and and wanting the podcast out there. Look, we even do it during the off season, (laughs) at least one episode a week uh, during the off season, about 30, 30, 40 minutes or so like this episode is, but we will, you know, you know, we'll, we'll, with stuff going on, as I said, there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Uh, there will always an episode uh, for you guys to listen to. That's, that's what uh, Florida football is. Always, always something to talk about. Even, even if it's just one episode a week, we'll, we'll get it out there. But uh, thanks for all the uh, listeners interaction. But like I said, we'll hit a million listens soon and we'll uh, do, we'll do something for that. So, all right. So hopefully guys, if you're in Jacksonville, hope to see you on Wednesday. Uh, 5 p.m., that's when the doors open. Dan Mullen will start speaking at 6 o'clock uh, there at Lexington, Lexington Hotel and Conference Center uh, in the Prudential area of uh, downtown Jacksonville. 
and uh, hope to see you there. If not, hope to see some of you at the Saturday uh, morning open practice at 945, bright and early there. So I'm David Waters, the host of Gators Breakdown. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.